The following announcement has been paid for by Journey Into Wrestling. Things seem to be changing around here, and I'm talking podcasts, brother. Journey Into Comics Network and no JIW? Where's the wrestling? That's just it, bro. We're making a comeback. JIW has taken over. Butt stuff, podcastrophe, the poor rapport, all these new guys on the scene. We're about to show them what podcasting is all about, Chico. Why don't you tell them when they can hear us, Nate? Every other Wednesday, right here on the Journey Into Wrestling Network. Anything less is just too civilized. Following is a Journey to Comics Network production. Christmas time is here. Let's have ourselves some cheer and talk about the scariest Christmas movie of all time when you think about it. This is The Poor Rapport. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 17 of the Poor Report. This is the first Poor Report to fall after Christmas, which is exciting. Um, I know this time of year, everyone's spending time with their family and friends and traveling, which is what I'm doing. So as you're hearing this right now, I am in route to Nashville for a little vacation. So that'll be nice. And I know uh, this show typically follows political news and Trump and everything that's going on in the world. But it's the Christmas season, and episode 18 is going to be all about Trump. So, 17, I'm going to talk about Christmas. Now, everyone has a favorite Christmas movie, something that they've always watched on this time of year, like It's a Wonderful Life, or those classic, like How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or um, Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Claymation movies, whatever someone kind of goes to. And since probably my early double-digit years, late single digit, I don't remember exactly when the first one came out, but I've always enjoyed the Santa Claus movies, the Tim Allen movies, where you know the whole story, he uh, hears noise, goes outside, he sees a roof, he falls off the roof, he sees the guy disappear, he finds a note, says Santa Claus, whoever puts on the suit becomes Santa, he puts on the cloak. All that delivers presents becomes the new Santa Claus. So that's that whole story. And I loved it when I was a kid. And I recently, we watched all of the movies this time of year. Just because all three happened to be on Netflix. So I kind of burned through it in the few days leading up to Christmas. And while kind of scrolling through Twitter one night. I stumbled upon this uh, this Twitter story by this girl named Hannah Priest. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's uh, this whole story that she came up with. And it became a distractify article later on that i'm going to kind of read for you now because i thought it was really interesting i didn't really think about it this way and i saw this before i actually went through and watched those movies when i watched i watched it with that in mind it really kind of changes the whole idea of the movie so i'm going to kind of run through this article right now um it's just it's a distractify article um written by mustafa gatalari and it says, uh, every so often I'll be browsing Netflix with a wife and kid and happen across a movie 
I was fond of in my childhood. I always get excited and want to share the joy of the film my son and see his reaction to it. For the most part, he loves a lot of the same movies I did growing up. And when I watch the movies, I'm obviously stunned with how oblivious I was at how awful or brilliant the tr- these truly were, but also incredibly twisted as well. For example, All Dogs Go to Heaven is a scary movie for kids to watch deals with a lot of adult themes. Some that I only really picked up on when I began seeing clips of it now that I'm a responsible grown-up who pays rent and doesn't raise shopping carts to the supermarket most of the time. So when Twitter user Hannah Priest started a thread about a deranged holiday movie that manages to hide how deranged it is to its viewers, I was interested, especially because it was the household favorite of my family's, The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Miss say to yourself, no way, this movie is fun for all ages, it's a holiday classic. It's got a great message. Well, that all may be, or may not be true, but it doesn't change the fact that The Santa Claus is absolutely bonkers in an evil way. Check out Priest's thread reasoning here in this epic Twitter thread. And Hannah Priest's Twitter handle is at SheWolfManC. So, at S-H-E-W-O-L-F-M-A-N-C if she has any other ideas going forward. So she says here, um, a few days ago, Here's a little festive question for you. What is the most stone-cold, brutal, horrific Christmas film ever made? Then someone responded, Black Christmas by far, Christmas evil, a close second. People gave their best guesses, but they were ultimately wrong. She said, good guesses from everyone, but pull up a chair for a truly seasonal hot take. The most horrific the most horrific Christmas film, or rather trilogy, is The Santa Claus. Oh, yes. I'm not talking about what happened to Scott Calvin and his transformation to Santa, or the fact that SC2 belongs to the Santa Finds a Wife subgenre, which is always creepy as hell. To recap, when Santa falls off his roof, Scott Calvin puts on his suit and instantly becomes the new Santa. It's all fun and frolics, and the elves explain that this is the Santa Claus. The creepiness begins early on because the roof Santa actually dies on screen, quite slowly, and that's the only reason Scott can take on the role. None of the elves in the North Pole mourn the dead Santa. Bernard just refers to him as the other Santa and shrugs it off. They just cold-heartedly accept that roof Santa is gone, and now they work with Scott. It's not just human, though. Elves disappear after hundreds of years, and no one cares. In... Santa Claus 1, Judy says she spent the last 1,200 years prefer- perfecting her cocoa recipe, but she's nowhere to be seen in Santa Claus 2. She's just casually replaced with another cocoa maker and never mentioned again. It turns out that not just the first film, but the entire series is really, really messed up. And let's take a minute to consider Bernard. He's a huge part of SC1 and SC2, and he's just absent in SC3. Curtis is now elf number one, and no one mentions Bernard. But this is far from the worst bit. Trust me, I've got so much more. In SC2, Curtis and Bernard discover the Mrs. Claus, which dictates that Santa must be married. They'd never heard of this before, and the Council of Legendary Figures also knows nothing about it. Curtis specifically says that he has been working with Santas for 900 years, and that this clause hasn't come to his attention before. The obvious and chilling implication of this is that all previous Santas were married at the point that they donned the suit and invoked the Santa Claus, or they lasted less than a year before dying slash invoking the escape clause. It gets worse. So where are the wives? Dear God, what happens to the wives? When Roof Santa dies, it's a matter of hours before Scott gets to the North Pole to take over, but there's no sign of a recently bereaved Mrs. Claus. What happened to her? In SC3, we see the Hall of Snow Globes, which has one globe for every Santa. There's about 50 to 60 globes in there. That's 50 to 60 former Santas who are presumably all married. 
60 Santas over the history of Christmas means that the average life expectancy for a Santa is just over 33 years. Some of them have lived at the North Pole for much longer. And as we find from SC3, Santas are fertile in, the, in this universe, so Buddy Claus may not have been the first baby to be born to the North Pole. So where are the babies? Where are the wives? There are potentially 60 women unaccounted for in the film series, and the elves never mention them. The horrible truth is finally revealed. I think there's a clear hint through, in uh, though, in uh, SC3 to quote Bud Newman on entering the elves' kitchen, How come the oven in the kitchen is bigger than the delivery room? That's right, the North Pole may be full of a bunch of baby-eating cannibals. Why would elves need a massive oven? Santa delivers toys, not baked goods. Now think about how wryly the elves smile whenever someone comments on the flavor of their cocoa. The elves are clearly baking women and possibly children in their oven, then using the bodies to make ceremonial cocoa, which they then feed to future Santas. While boiling people down and drinking them is still cannibalism just of the drinking variety. You don't need to chew human flesh to be labeled a cannibal, okay? And that's my friend is why the Santa Claus is the most horrific Christmas film ever made. So I saw this and I like I fell into the trap. I'm like, what in the world is this story? Because as you kind of get going on is that the story of the Santa Claus, you kind of look at the happy story about a guy who has trouble in his marriage, he's divorced, he has a young son who he tries to instill with the, the dream of a good Christmas and the mystery that is Santa Claus, and if he's good, he'll get this, and life wasn't going great for me, he worked for a toy company, and seemed to be doing okay there, but then his life is utterly changed by Santa falling off his roof, he putting on the coat, Continuing the world of Santa Claus and SC2, everything's a lot happier with his son and his uh, ex-wife and her husband, played by Judge Reinhold, which is always a fun role for him to play. And you get to see he's really become a better parent now that he's Santa than he ever was before. And then uh, he goes through the whole thing with finding a wife, and then in the third one with the escape clause and realizing the stresses of his life dealing with a baby on the way, a wife, the in-laws, and Christmas, and then the chaos that Jack Frost puts in, which Jack Frost is played wonderfully by Martin Short, and if we ever talk about this on Foods, I'll go into how much I really like those Santa Claus movies, even though some people probably think the second two are kind of trash, but I like the whole trilogy as a whole, and I would even probably go see a fourth one if they made it, but I think they closed the story pretty well, and I don't know where they would take it, especially considering... Uh, Tim Allen's getting up there. He could probably still pass as Santa, but the elf in charge is like my age or older by now, so they'd have to bring in another one, and that would even further convolute things. I, mean, I guess you could always bring back the original guy, but I think he's put on a good hundred pounds since he played Bernard, so he would that would be kind of hard to explain too. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. My uh, computer decided to make noise during my recording. Awesome. But anyway, going on with the whole uh, Santa Claus story and going back to what this Twitter thing, I didn't really think about the whole Mrs. Claus. I know these are just clever plot devices. Like, Santa needs to find a wife is a good way to move the story along and a way to take him out of Santa and create a conflict at home and a conflict at the North Pole and kind of create all this. And then the third one's the same thing with Jack... Frost playing the primary antagonist and having him cause problems to push Santa to the edge to get him to escape and invoke the escape clause and have him go to his life is what it was, which kind of picks up with 
what's life when he looks like he's in charge of the toy company now taking on his boss's role and has like a penthouse in chicago from the looks of the scenery outside his window and it was nice that they also cut in very nice bits from the original santa claus movie to show because it goes back to the exact moment you became santa claus but going back to what the twitter story was of how the chaos of all these uh former mrs clauses just vanishing or being murdered or what have you and then the kids that are born with santa claus if they have any inherent magical abilities there's they don't really go into and explain that so i think i could further elaborate when the santa claus dies maybe he doesn't necessarily die but maybe it's almost like the escape clause he goes back to the point as if he never was santa his life kind of continues on as if that never happened to him and his wife and children join him in that uh, alternate world but we really don't know as much going forward and it's trying to think about the plot of a christmas family film that's they're not putting a lot of depth into the understanding of this story so i i just thought that was kind of interesting to see a different take on that and thinking of like the last like scary christmas movie i saw was probably krampus which also was a little kind of hokey it was a story of like the german a Christmas devil who would uh, take naughty children away and beat them with uh, like sticks or something. And this one was more tragic and like murdered. And there was like uh, Christmas dolls and stuff coming to life. It was a very weird movie, but it had Adam Scott in it and had a couple of their familiar faces. So I think you should see that too if you want a weird, hokey, scary Christmas movie. But yeah, I kind of wanted to just talk about the Christmas stuff today and kind of the traditions, and I guess I kind of know what everyone else thinks about, I know when you get uh, kind of a weird mindset changes, like when you're a kid, uh, Christmas is wonderful, and you go through and you're just so excited to see what Santa brought you Christmas morning, and you just see that he ate the cookies and the milk, and that the carrots or the celery that the reindeer had eaten and you get to kind of see all that excitement and then as you get a little bit older and to the point of when you stop actually believing in Santa Claus either if it was your parents told you an older sibling had told you before you maybe you should have known or maybe you just figured it out on your own or just no longer had the desire to believe and then it just kind of moves forward that okay great um then once you no longer believe then it becomes Lenore, it's just nice to spend time with family and friends and be able to celebrate Christmas the way you've always wanted to and able to still do that and put more effort into the gifts you're giving to others to become, you become an adult, to become someone who's like over 18 who then enjoys more of not the receiving gifts act, but seeing the expressions of people you give gifts and seeing their reactions to something you put in effort into either finding the gift that compliments them the most or making them something or putting something of some personal significance that'll always make them think of some moment you shared or like it's no longer and then i think even goes further than that like when you become a parent then the whole cycle starts anew because now you're the santa in the story you're the one who does the whole not charade but the one who make sure the kid puts out the cookies out and then you take and you eat a cookie, you drink some of the milk, you snap off a bite off the carrot or snap off the carrot or take all the carrots all together or whatever you end up doing. And then you put out the big Santa gift and you fill the stocking and you make sure all the presents are under the tree 
and you do all this in the middle of the night so your kid doesn't come out awake and some who really do all the effort when they're doing this they put on the the red coat and the hat and the pants and all of that and just play really into the story and i'm sure that's something i'm probably end up doing when i have kids i know i'm sure my listeners who do have kids probably do something similar to this i'll have to ask uh, brandon over at uh, journey into comics if he does so like that or if he goes into the this full story of his kid believing in santa and all of that and hopefully his children aren't listening so i'll sh- maybe put a spoiler uh no kids under 10 should be listening to this podcast and i feel like in general for my show if there's kids listening that are under 10 to my podcast that's got to be a kind of an unusual situation but i'm really happy to celebrate christmas and i get to spend it with not only my family and my extended family but with my fiance's family so it's always nice to be able to kind of enjoy christmas and spread that christmas cheer with everyone i'm close to and i'm able to kind of take some time to actually not focus on work and on all the commitments and stresses of life and kind of relax and enjoy family and get a taste of what you got to enjoy when you were little it's something that I always thought was just something that is very important. I think you got to not sweat the small stuff that's going down and kind of just enjoy the time with your family and enjoy celebrating a holiday and seeing people that sometimes you don't see but once a year or twice a year. So I really wanted to give that message of Christmas. And just for those who don't celebrate Christmas, either um, Happy Hanukkah. I know a lot of uh, my friends out there are Jewish or of the Jewish faith, and they were able to, and they celebrate Hanukkah, so they had theirs a couple weeks ago. So uh, happy Hanukkah to you guys who celebrate! And it's going to be a short episode today. It's it's uh, post Christmas. I know a lot, a lot of people are traveling, so this might be a little uh, just a nugget of a show. No one's going to sit through an hour of uh, me talking about what Trump's doing, or the fact that the tax bill is passed now, and all this crazy that's going on, or the fact that. All the UN sanctions may be pushing us towards eventual war or Korean War Two or what we're gonna what we're gonna have to run into there. But you know that's for another episode. This is the poor report. This is my show, and I just wanted to talk about Christmas and the memories of kind of what life is like being a child. And I know it's short, but this might be able to get through on a morning as you're getting ready as a post Christmas or if you're as you're driving from one from your house to an ex- grandma's house or a relative's house or whatever you're doing so I want to thank all of my listeners and wish every single one of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year thank you everyone and remember you can go uh, listen to our episodes early on patreon.com slash turning to comments you listen to all the other shows on the network I've already kind of time traveled and listened to yesterday's episode before recording today's episode so you know you're gonna like jic and you're gonna like a lot of the other shows coming out so enjoy and have yes i said before have a merry christmas and a happy new year thanks everyone